This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. Welcome to Resource Center. This is Audrey Raj. On the show today, we're going to be deep diving into creating smart workplaces according to COVID-19 SOPs and changing protocols. What are smart workplaces? Well, a smart workplace is a workplace where technology enables people to work better, faster and smarter. Uh, basically, technology is used to connect and engage employees with their work environment. How can you create a smart workplace in your organization and what's the best way to get started? And what role does leadership play in making this happen? Well, to answer these questions and give us all the hacks to a smart workplace, we have online with us today CEO and co-founder of ProSpace, Steve Ong. Steve, welcome to Resource Center. Thank you, Audrey. Thanks for having me and uh, glad to be here. Now, before we get started, Steve, maybe you can tell us a bit about ProSpace and the kind of work you do. Sure, no problem. Well, ProSpace essentially is uh, what we call a technology company and we specialize in providing IoT as well as a SaaS solutions for enterprise. So what we do is that we help the companies to transition their traditional office space into what we call a hybrid digital workplace. So essentially, that's what we do. Mm. Now, Steve, um, I, I'm, I'm just wondering what's happening in, in your segment right now? What's the latest? You know, what's the latest trends that will have the biggest impact on workplaces and the way we work in the next 18 to 24 months? We've already seen plenty of change, you know, transitioning mm. into an endemic and, and, you know, everyone just getting used to living with COVID, right? But, but what's the latest in, uh, trends that you see happening uh, in the workplace segment? Yeah, thanks, Audrey. Well, there are actually many trends we are seeing in the industry currently, but I just like to highlight three of them, which have a considerable impact to how the organization will want to plan their office in the next eighteen to twenty-four months. Now, the first trend that we see, I believe that most of the people would have um, aware of this, is actually on the workforce because we are seeing an entire new generation of workforce that are mobile and technology savvy. Now, this generation of workforce, they are very comfortable with leveraging technologies and integrating them into their personal and professional lives. They have a very different set of ethics, belief and aspirations, and that can be very different versus the older generation X or the baby boomers. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I do believe that this will be one of the challenges that the organizations will be facing in order for them to create a workplace that will seamlessly integrate different kind of generations of them together. Now, the second trend that we see is, of course, the, I mean, the market termed them as the great resignation wave, right? So mm. on one hand, we are seeing you know, some of the people working in the airline industry that change their jobs or some of them even go out and pursue their own interests. So people start to consider their life choice, especially in this COVID situation. Now, on the other hand, we are also seeing certain industry flourish while some of the industry are severely impacted. So with these two reasons, this creates an enormous challenge to the organization human, de- uh, human resource department as well as their workplace planning. So for example, how would they manage the fluctuations of the headcounts, right? And, and, and all these have direct impacts on their organization productivity as well as their costs. Now, because of this impact from these first two trends, we are seeing a third trend emerging, mm. which is the proliferation and the emergence of a hybrid workplace policies. 
So this is not just really any specific industry. This is actually happening across all different industries. So in fact, there was a survey that was recently done whereby nine out of 10 organizations, they are already looking into implementing some form of hybrid workplace in the office. So therefore, from our side, uh, I think these are the top three trends that I believe will impact the workplace policy for the next 18 to 24 months. Now, Steve, that last point you brought up about hybrid working mm-hmm. arrangements, right? We're talking yep. about long term, not just because we are living in a pandemic, but this is like for the future, everyone is pretty much looking at a hybrid working model, right? Mm, you, you are absolutely correct because um, through living the COVID, employees or even people have experienced the benefits of working you know, in this kind of environment. So one of the key challenges for organizations, if they decided to move back to the traditional way of working, you know, the concern is that they would be facing a lot of headwinds um, mm. in terms of retaining their employees. So this is a watch out that a lot of organizations have to, have to look into. Um, after all, you know, the market is picking up right now. Employees will have more choices. So this will be a consideration that the organization have to make. All right, Steve. So can we talk about how tech and COVID have changed workplaces over these last few years, as in the way they, they're designed and work arrangements and things like that? Yep. Well, in the past, when we do space planning, the, the main theme in workplace planning is densification. So in layman terms, that means how can I pack as many people as I reasonably can within the space that we have? Mm. Now, coupled with the fact that most organizations prior to the COVID, they practice what we call a one-to-one desk allocation. So that means that each person would have one dedicated desk, right? So with this, you will have a scenario whereby all the employees are packed into the office together with smaller individual desks. And this is especially prevalent in the CBD area whereby the real estate cost is considerably more expensive. But fast forward to current situations due to COVID, the situation has completely demolished the viability of distensification policies, right? Because um, uh, organizations can no longer pack in the office with people without observing the self-distancing measure. Mm. So essentially, this means that the management will have only two options, right? The first option is either they retain their existing policy, which is one-on-one desk, and expand their office footprint. So this means that they will increase the operating costs in this challenging environment, right? But of course, the second option is to adopt the hybrid workplace policy with a desk sharing policy, right? Uh, whereby the employees will have certain days of the weeks working from home. Now, majority of the enterprise that we spoke of have chose the option too. Um, but this is where the, they implement what we call the dash sharing. For example, um, you know, they will have to ask themselves, um, you know, if, if they were to implement this technology, then they will have a problem of um, trying to figure out how to implement this technology. For example, um, how would they book the desk when they come to the office? You don't want to have a scenario whereby people come into the office, but they don't have the, the right solutions or mm. all the desks are being booked, right? So therefore, this is a very real question that the employees face because um, even I can share with you around most of the employ- most of the organizations or the client who consulted us in ProSpace, about 70% of them asked about technological solutions that to help them to streamline the space allocations and their processes, right? Mm. Now, another challenge is that 
is the policy whereby employees are encouraged to work from home when they need to do the focus work. So what it means here is that uh, they will only come to the office in order to collaborate. Um, and therefore, from a design standpoint, there's a major shift in terms of towards allocating more space for meeting and collaboration space. Mm. So there, the same question applies. How would you then design a workplace that can better facilitate this collaboration process? So therefore, we are seeing um, significant reductions in the amount of space that enterprise are allocating to sort of like um, put to the workstations, whereby there's a significant increase in the amount of space that's allocated to collaboration and meeting rooms. In fact, even the meeting rooms, they are getting larger because of the social distancing practice that is in place. But of course, then the last but not least, the question is always, how would you then implement technology to facilitate um, this kind of like um, collaborative environment within the office? Right. Okay. Uh, we'll come back to the kind of tech that we could use, you know, to aid the design and cultivating of smart workplaces in just a bit. We're going to take a quick break for some messages. But when we come back, we also touch on the role leaders play in creating a smart workplace that quickly adapts uh, to changing protocols as we transition into this endemic. All that and more happening on Resource Centre. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Bulldozing fine measures. BFM 89.9, the business station. listening to Resource Centre. This is Audrey Raj. Online with me today, I have the CEO and co-founder of ProSpace, Steve Ong. Now, ProSpace are a prop tech company that deliver and streamline conventional offices to a digital workplace ecosystem. They've worked with global enterprises like Tamase, P&G, Novartis, Unilever and Rio Tinto uh, to name a few. Uh, and they've worked with them to pave the path to the next normal. And Steve, here. Uh, He is sharing some insights with us on how organizations here too can learn from their experience and start designing and cultivating smart workplaces. Now, Steve, um, here in Malaysia, we've seen Mm COVID-19 safety protocols change quite a few times just these last few months of 2022. Now, how do employers keep up with what's recommended and suggested and balance that with you know their own working model because uh, every organization across every other industry would have a different approach to work yes. for optimized output right so yes. how do they find that balance and, and keep up at the same time you know based on your experience yeah Audrey you are definitely right this is actually the major concern and considerations for most of the organizations now of course I can share some of the protocol and the most basic and common one is actually the temperature taking and providing the sanitizer dispenser now of course um, the, the key on this here is really on active enforcement because we do see certain organizations whereby they put in for the sake of putting in but there is no active enforcement so I will suggest that um, we give a lot more emphasis on active enforcement. Now, of course, from a policy point of view, some of the organizations, they practice what we call a team segregations or restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this term in the industry called AB team, right? So that means yes. that they rotate within the team. Team A will come to the office work this week, whereas the team B, 
they will come the next week. So it's more on a rotational basis. Now, the other way that they can adopt is what we call zonal restrictions. So zonal restriction is where employees are restricted with, to only come to the office or the workplace and they can only access this particular area. And this is important because this is how in the event there's a break, um, there's a, you know, in the event whereby COVID happens, um, you know, then they can limit the damage or they can limit the transmission within the office. And, 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 and therefore, they are able to close down only the particular segment of the office to do a deep cleaning while, you know, not impacting the rest of the, uh, the office. Okay. Mm. Now, of course, some clients, um, the nature of their business requires a lot of visitors coming in. So they will have to ensure that they have a very good visitor management protocol. So in the past, whereby they have a lot of touch points with the reception area, but then now, um, as much as possible, organizations will want to minimize or in fact, eliminate the interactions at the reception counter in order to minimize the COVID risk. So therefore, um, what they typically do is that they will track the attendance of the visitors. They will request them to do health declarations such that in the event, there's any cases that happens between the visitors, then they are able to do contact tracing. So that is very important. Yeah, of course, last but not least, very, very important is the human touch element. So it is more about assisting the employees, assisting the visitors to make sure that, you know, in this challenging environment, they are being taken care of, for example. Hmm. Yeah. Now, Steve, I wanted to ask about um, tech solutions that will enable workplace monitoring uh, or like accessing any kind of data that will help you manage your working arrangements in your office. Is there any mm. such tech to help with stuff like that so that I know how many people are coming in? I have data on, you know, what's the busiest time of the day? I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm curious here because that sounds like it could be useful, you know, for um, more saturated organizations. Yes, definitely. You are right, Audrey. Now, especially for organizations who have transitioned into hybrid digital workplace. Now, the key question is, how do they even monitor in terms of mm. the usage of the office, right? And how do they ensure that there's no particular area of the office have too high of a concentration or too low of a concentration? So this is why we normally deploy what we call the workplace analytics, whereby we deploy our IoT solutions to understand the space usage. So from there, the management will then be able to understand the optimum level um, you know, to collaborate within that space. So, and this is important because when we talk about space design, it's always based on how the employee behave and use that space. Mm -hmm. So this is why uh, all these informations can then be transmitted or passed on to the workplace consultant and the architects. And then from there, they can then decide what is the correct ratios to implement um, or rather to, to design the office based on the needs. And there is no one solution that is right for the all parties, right? There's mm -hmm. no one solution that fits all. So it's all about, you know, understanding the nuances of the organizations and put that uh, into the design such that you can maximize and optimize the productivity of the organization. Mm 
Something like this sounds quite expensive, Steve. Like, um, <laughs> is there a way to subscribe to it? And maybe then when you don't need it so much, you know, because we're all just, I, I know everything keeps changing uh, and protocols keep changing as well. But it, I mean, like a SaaS solution for something like this would be great. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. So therefore, we actually have multiple different types of solutions, right? Um, actually, normally when we advise our client, it's not really so much about the technology, but rather what fits your organization. So mm. uh, for example, if we talk about IoT deployment, if you, if you are an organization with 15 to, 50 to 100 people, technically you don't really need the, the, to deploy such solutions. Then mm. you, you probably would just need a much simpler solutions like the way to manage your desk booking and room reservations. Mm. Now, however, if you are a large organization with 500 and above, then chances are, you know, human monitoring may not be the best solution. And this is where we will then propose to use our IoT solution to understand your space usage. And the way it works here is that, uh, again, we do understand sometimes they don't really need it for on a permanent basis. So it's mm. more on uh, helping them to study the space utilization for three to six months. Um, but for large organizations, and the largest that we have was, I think, about 3,000 employees. Mm. Now, these are the solutions, these are the organizations that will require um, the monitoring on a constant basis. So, therefore, uh, more importantly, here is really for us to understand the nature of the organization, uh, the way the organization works, and the size of the organizations before we propose the right solutions uh, for them to you know, optimize their workplace and transitions into a hybrid working environment. Steve, I also wanted to touch on leadership. You know, what role do leaders play in creating a smart workplace that quickly adapts to changing protocols? You know, leaders have to be responsive and adaptable, but what else can they do in order to, to help create a working environment that feels safe for their employees? Thanks, Ori. Now, in my personal opinion, two factors. I think the first is really on leadership by example. So if let's say the organization emphasize, you know, that or, or rather they, they believe that the process they have implemented is safe and sound, then leaders will have the obligations to really lead them by example and coming to the office and practicing all the policies and the strategies that have been adopted. So that's number one. Now the number two is on you know, this, this is actually my main important point, is to ease the concerns from the employees, right? Because it, when we talk about hybrid digital workplace, at the end of the day, it's about, you know, creating a kind of safe environment for the employees. And nothing is more important, um, you know, than, you know, addressing their needs. So therefore, the way we see it is not just about technology, but it's a combination of both human touch and technology implementations. Right. So therefore, first thing to take note is really to consider the dynamic of your organizations and the level of their tech saviness. Right. Mm. Because it's not just about implementing a solution and expect everybody to follow. I think first important point here is that they need to understand the organization. So for example, if an organization has a very high technological saviness, then obviously we can implement fast, radical and immediate digital transformations and it may work. But if the organization consists of a multi-generation type of workforce, so then this is where we have to be provide an extra, I mean, sort of like a, be a bit more careful 
because um, then this is where a change some of some level of change management should be required right because you don't want to have a situations whereby there's a sudden change in implementations of new policies and it, sometimes it causes a lot more disruptions than benefits yeah right because if the people or employees who doesn't have this kind of technological savings then they will have problems trying to adjust to this new environment right mm. so therefore the hr will have to be really really careful in terms of making sure that as they go through this hybrid transformation journey it is a step by step process there's no one size fit all okay so this is where we will actually request them to talk to um some of the consultant up there and and even the the technological provider the vendors to really understand what are the best practices how can they best do the change management and what type of technology that suits their needs because after all there's no two organization that's the same right so yeah. uh, it really depends on their personal uh, and organizational needs Right. Thank you for that Steve. Now before I let you go, um maybe you can talk to us about the top smart workplace technologies and workplace experience applications that organizations should consider to tap into uh to provide a safe, clean, healthy and efficient and productive uh, workplace, you know, to welcome employees back to the office. Thanks Audrey. Now, um there are many different types of technology out there uh, but for us our our sort of like um philosophy here is to provide what we call the end to end experience so for example if you want to organize a collaboration activities with an external parties the experience start right from the time when you need to make an invitations to uh, your visitors right so we are now we talk a lot about the automated visitor management system whereby you know there's really no need for a receptionist to receive them mm-hmm. um you know, the registrations and the declarations and the notifications of the the host can be done automatically now at the same time you know how can we enable the the hosts themselves to be able to source the locations in a much more efficient manner right so one of our value propositions to the client is that you know no matter what they uh, the, their needs the moment they engage our solution they can address their need within 10 seconds regardless whether it is booking a room booking a desk or you know making a notifications to the facilities management system mm-hmm. so these are some of the solutions that uh, we inbuilt we don't focus on just one particular solution but rather the experience uh, of the employees themselves yeah Right. And Steve, uh, for listeners tuning in right now who would like to learn more about uh ProSpaces services, is there a website that they can go to? Sure, feel free to visit our website and the website is www.prospace.io. So P R O S P A C E.io. And if you missed out on any part of this show, you can go look for the podcast on our website that's bfm.my. You can also find all our podcasts on the BFM app that's available on the Apple App Store and on Google Play. I've been speaking with Steve Ong, CEO and co-founder of ProSpace. This is Audrey Raj, more resource center coming at you same time next week. But till then, um have a lovely Tuesday. BFM 89.9.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.